Fantastic. Awesome. Thank you. How are we doing this morning? Man, I'm now friends with international life coach Brad Power. That's really cool. I'm going to put that on my Facebook. Friends with international life coach Brad Power. That's so cool. And uh, my name's Tim, and uh, I believe that there's two kinds of people in the world. Uh, Queensland supporters and those that want to be Queensland supporters. And so, <laughs> and, uh, I know that I'm in a good church when the assistant pastor gets up on stage and wears a Star Wars shirt. <laughs> Represent. That's awesome. That's awesome. You guys have a cool church. In fact, I'm calling my new pastor up and saying, mate, let's cancel that contract. I'm coming here. <laughs> These guys love Star Wars. That's cool. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, my name's Tim, and there's my beautiful wife, Catherine, and uh, she keeps me grounded. And uh, we have be- uh, two beautiful little kids. Uh, we just thought that our marriage was getting boring, and so we thought, why not? Let's just have kids. Uh, that'll uh, make life crazy. And so we did, and uh, they are two beautiful little kids. And uh, Pastor Brad's going, yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Who has kids? Oh, God bless you. Far out. <laughs> you understand our pain. <laughs> now, I love being a dad. I reckon being a dad is the best job in the world. And, uh, you know, uh, my five-year-old boy, his name is Malachi. And uh, I've got a three-year-old daughter named Abigail. And uh, so if you're looking, uh, I believe in arranged marriages. <laughs> so if you've got kids in that age group, let's talk dowry. And... Uh, <laughs> I just think, why let them grow up and go through all the stuff that I went through trying to figure out how this relationship stuff works when I can just say, boy, this is the girl that you're going to marry. (laughs) No? Okay. (laughs) I see some dads going, yeah, 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 I could be be a part of that. And uh, (laughs) that could work, absolutely. And uh, as uh, Pastor Brad said, uh, we've been in Mackay for a long time, uh, part of the church for 15 years. And uh, I was on staff uh, at Mackay Christian Family Church for ten and a half years, and I uh, recently uh, have just left uh, to take on a new challenge in the mighty city of Ipswich. Yeah, Woo-hoo! actually, I was born in Ipswich. Actually, I was born in Ipswich. Come from Bundamba. Uh, being from Ipswich, I was born with two things, two abilities. Uh, number one, to be able to break into your house, <laughs> and number two, drive a VR Commodore really well. So, uh, two things I was just born with because I came from from Ipswich. So. Looking forward to getting back there and uh, <laughs> driving the Commodore. <laughs> so we're taking on a new role, uh, taking on uh, one of uh, the campuses in the church that we're a part of. And uh, one of the things that I also got to do in Mackay was run a youth conference called Extreme Youth Conference. And uh, we, every September we would uh, get uh, 600 young people from uh, as far north as the Torres Strait Islands uh, to as far south as the mighty Gold Coast, uh, as far west out to Mount Isa. And in fact, last year we had uh, Vanuatu come over as well. And anyone from Vanuatu here this morning? Okay, let's get some Vanuatuans. And uh, come on. And uh, come to our conference and uh, be, a, be a part of it. And uh, so that's been a really fun thing that I've uh, had the opportunity to do. In fact, it was Ben Naitoko, whom some of you know, he's been here before, uh, started that conference. And uh, I gave my life to Christ in March 2001 in, under his ministry. Uh, he was the youth pastor, and uh, I was just some snotty-nosed 17-year-old kid 
who didn't know how to do life well. And so uh, I gave my life to Christ uh, one Sunday service. The preacher was preaching. I wasn't listening because I didn't care. Uh, but at the very end of the message, he said, hey, if your life is depressing, if your life is not going where you thought it would, uh, you need to come out the front. And my head was like, that's you, Tim. My heart was like, don't go out there. You know, <laughs> Everyone's going to look at you funny. And my head said, no, you need it. You need this. And so um, you know, my head actually told me to go out. Not my heart, it was my head that said, hey, you need this in your life. And so I walked out, gave my life to Christ, and uh, my life has uh, changed for the better absolutely ever since, and I've never looked back. And so uh, Ben Toko is my spiritual daddy, and uh, I gave my life to Christ under him, was baptized under him, baptized in the Holy Ghost under him, and uh, you know, met my wife in the youth ministry there, and I uh, thank Jesus for youth ministries, and uh, you know, and so uh, Ben is a very uh, good friend of mine. In fact, it was him that uh, I think called Brad up or texted him or something and said, hey, I got this guy, and uh, then I called Brad up and said, hey, I'm down in Ipswich, on, I don't know anyone, I need you friends. And so Brad said, Sure. Uh, we take loners, and so <laughs> I feel right at home. And so, <laughs> and, uh, so thank you so much, Brad and Sarah, for um, allowing Kat and I and my kids to come here and today and looking after us. And, and uh, I am looking forward to making new friends and um, you know, uh, knowing some of the other people who are making an indent in this city. And uh, so thank you so much. Hey, just give it up for amazing senior pastors, hey? Well, this morning, uh, I want to preach from Genesis in the Old Testament. It's the first book of the Bible, and so if you want to get your Bibles out and turn to Genesis chapter 15 with me. And uh, I want to, uh, this morning, share on a topic that uh, Pastor Sarah, uh, Sarah uh, briefly touched on just a moment ago, uh, talking about faith and being people of faith. And uh, I loved her definition of it, and so I'm going to probably just try and preach off that, if that's all right with you, and uh, talk this morning about faith. And I want us to open to Genesis chapter 15, and we're going to look at verse 1 to 6, and it says this. If you got it, yell it, got it? If you're still looking, yell it, wait up. Cool. <laughs> it says this, Sometimes late, uh, sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, Do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you and your reward will be great. But, everyone say but. But Abram replied, O sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings? When I don't even have a son since you've given me no children. Isn't it funny how Abram seems to blame his situation on God? I just find that very interesting that people would blame God for things. Anyway, Ali Isa of Damascus, a servant in my household, he's going to inherit my wealth. You've given me no descendants, once again, blaming God for his predicament. You've given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. Then the Lord said to him, no, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. And Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him righteous because of his faith. Holy Spirit, this morning, I thank you that we get to unlock your word, that we get to unlock the Bible and make it relevant in our life today. Speak to us, engage with us, inspire us. Amen. Amen. This morning, I want to speak to you on the topic, set in the stars. Set in the stars. Turn to turn your neighbor and say, set in the stars. Set in the stars. You know, living a life of faith where, where it says here that God counted uh, Abram uh, as a faithful man, that's exactly the life that God has called us to live, to live a life of faith. God's called you to live a life of faith. 
But sometimes I think, especially in our postmodern Western world, we don't understand what faith really means. You know, we see in the Bible, the Bible commending certain characters, men and women, and calling them men of faith, the women of faith. And I think sometimes we not, are not understanding what the word faith means. See, in, in this day and age, we tend to think uh, the, fa- uh, the word faith is some kind of theological or ideological preposition. We tend to think that oh, I'm of the Christian faith or that person, they're of the Muslim faith or that person, they're of the Hindu faith or that person, they're there of the Buddhist faith or that person, they're there of the Queenslander faith. <laughs> and we think that faith is some kind of theological position, but I want to tell you this morning that it's not. Faith has nothing to do with what you believe in and everything to do with do you believe God when he speaks over your life? That's what faith is. God only commends Abram because Abram believed God. And then God said, this is a man of faith. It had nothing to do with his belief system and everything to do with he just trusted in God's word. We know that because Abram wasn't a Christian. Jesus hadn't come onto the scene yet. We know that his theological position had nothing to do with it because he certainly wasn't a Jew. Because he's the father of the Jewish nation. In fact, Abram was a Sumerian, S-U-M, Sumerian. And he lived in, a, in one of the first civilized cities called the Ur of the Chaldeans. And the, uh, uh, the, the belief system, the, the religious structure of that time, they actually worshipped celestial bodies. They worshipped the moon, they worshipped the stars, and they worshipped the sun. And this is what Abram did. Abram was a moon worshipper. Abram was a star worshipper. He worshipped the sun. Isn't that interesting? Yet Abram has this one moment with God and is seeking after him genuinely and God comes and arrests his attention and he has a moment with God. I'm here to tell you this morning, Forever House, it doesn't matter what your theological set is. All that matters is if you have a heart hungry after God, he's going to come into your situation and he's going to have an encounter with you and you can have an encounter with God simply by just having the right heart. Isn't that good news this morning? It doesn't, doesn't matter what you believe. As long as you trust that, hey God, I'm going to just come after you, He's going to come after you. The Bible says, seek me and you'll find me. It doesn't say go to church three times in the month and then you'll have my presence. <laughs> well, as the pastor, <laughs> I do want people coming every week. <laughs> Let's redact that. Take that off the tape. You have to come to church every week to have an encounter with God. No. <laughs> doesn't matter what you believe. As long as you're just hungry after God, you can have an encounter with Him. Because He's that kind of God. You know, Abram, he worshipped the, the stars. He was a star worshipper. What the stars represented was this. Uh, see, their whole belief system was that uh, 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 the stars were set in place. They never moved. And so their whole ideology was that just as the stars are set in place, so is life. Uh, What happened on life was simply a reenactment of what happened in the heavens. So just as the moon would be born and then wax, wane and die, so too is life. Life was simply to be born, then wax, wane and die. Just as the tide came in and the tide came out, and the tide came in and the time came out, so does life just come in and come out. 
The stars never moved and so too does life. It never moves. There's no innovation in life. And so their whole perception was that I don't have to try anything new because what happens today is going to happen tomorrow. What happened yesterday is going to happen today. The same thing that my family did yesterday is what's going to happen today and what's going to happen tomorrow. The past is simply a reflection of my future. The same things that this generation was uh, struggled with here is the exact same thing that that this generation now struggles with, that the next generation is going to struggle with. I'm here to tell you this morning, church, that God says no, that God says it doesn't matter what happened yesterday. It's a new day today. And so Abram lives this life where he's just caught in this circle of life. Poet William Carlos Williams says this. He says, unless there's a new mind, you cannot have a new line. The old will go on repeating itself with recurring deadliness. And so Abram is caught in this life of recurring deadliness. Because what happens yesterday is going to happen today, it's going to happen tomorrow. And I think so often in life, we can find ourselves caught in recurring deadliness. Where the same thing that we might struggle with yesterday, we find ourselves struggling with today. And we have this mindset that even though I come to church, I'm still going to struggle with it tomorrow. (laughs) And so Abram finds himself in this life of recurring deadliness. Things just keep happening. And and there's no concept of of individuality. There's no concept of innovation in religion, in education, in social justice. And so society found itself in this circle of life, not being able to break out of it and break free. But then... All because one person has this moment where he wants to reflect on God. God comes into the situation. He says, Abram, it's time to take you out of this life cycle of recurring deadliness. And this morning, I tell you what, there's promises of God for your life that can get you out of generational curses. That can get you out of personal problems or habits that just seem to keep being a cycle of deadliness the power of God this morning, you can break out of those things this morning. Isn't that good news? And so God comes into Abram's situation and says, Abram, no longer are you going to worship the things that say that you can't move forward. But I'm going to take you out of that. In fact, I'm going to move you forward. And so uh, for the first time, Thomas Kale, historian Thomas Kale says, for the first time in recorded human history, God speaks to man and says, hey, Come out. It's time I'm going to show you something new. I've got something new for you. I've got something new for you, Abram. And so Abram begins walking in this new thing that God has for him. What I want to bring to your attention this morning is this, that in Genesis 15, verses 5 to 6, which is what we read before, it says this. It says, And the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. I find it so interesting, Pastor Brad, that God would take Abram out of a life of worshipping the stars only to take him back there. I find it interesting that God would say, hey, Abram, stop worshipping the stars. It causes you to have no innovation in thinking. It causes you to, to, to not move forward in your life. So come out. Actually, come out. Look at them again. I, love it. I find it interesting how God would take him back to his past that he just rescued him from. He'll take him back to the things in life that said, Abram, you had no hope. You had no future. 
Punishment that God would take him back to those things. Check this out though. I love how God twists things. Says this. Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you're going to have. I could imagine God being sarcastic here. And going, oi, Abram, come here. Count the scars. No, you can't. No, no, try them. Go on, try. No, 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 you can't. There's too many. No, okay, have a turn, have a turn. No, you can't, can you? No. <laughs> I find God being a bit sarcastic here. Here, count the stars. No, you can't. No, 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 no. No, try, try, try. No, 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 you can't. And so God brings Abram back to his past and says, hey, Abram, I'm going to take you back to the things of the past, but I'm going to shed a new light on them right now. The past used to say that you had no hope. The past used to say that you had no future. But let's just look at this again. Actually, your past says that you have an unlimited future. Actually, your past says that you have unlimited hope. Try and count all the things. Or try and count the stars if you can. They used to say you had nothing. But actually, I'm, I'm here to tell you this morning. Abram, I'm here to tell you tonight, Abram. Actually, because it's hard to see stars in the morning. <laughs> that you're, you're actually your future is unlimited. It's uncontained. It's uncontrolled. There's so much more than what you think. You know what? You might be here this morning and there might be something in your past that haunts you. That brings death to memories. I'm here to tell you this morning, the past with Jesus is a beautiful thing because it can set you up for the future. I love hearing stories of... um, Let me finish the sentence. I love hearing stories of people who have been abused, but then come out of that abuse, be healed, and then walk other people through healing. They're the best kinds of stories because they've looked back at their past and they've gone, you know what? You don't control me anymore. You don't control me anymore. In fact, I'm going to look forward. I love what uh, St. Paul says where he says, I forget the things of the past, but I move forward. I don't think he was saying, I'm forgetting the past because it's impossible. You can't forget the past. I think what he was saying was this. I'm not allowing that to control me anymore. And so I'm forgetting about the pain. I'm forgetting about the process that led me into a place of recurring deadliness. And I'm going to move forward to the prize that God has for me. And this morning you have that same power. In fact, let's go one step further. Who's the Christian here this morning? Let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. It shouldn't be the preacher on a Sunday preaching this message. It should be the church on Monday. It should be the church on Tuesday. It should be the church on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday speaking this message to your world. Let me go one step further. You're the hope. You're the hope to Brisbane. This church, Forever House, you're the hope. Begin speaking. Uh, I'm going to go off topic a little bit. I'm going to go on, can, can I go on a rant? Is, is that all right? Have you ever heard people say, oh, but St. Augustine said, you know, preach always and sometimes use words. Have you ever heard that? You know, you've got, you got, you got to preach always and sometimes use words. What a load of garbage. Number one, St. Augustine never said that. Okay, you, you go find it, you won't. <laughs> Count the stars, you, you can't. Right? Oh, he, he never said that. Paul says, who can hear the gospel without a preacher? No one. We need preachers, people. We need the church rising up in its calling. And not necessarily going to your workplace with the Bible and going, hear ye, hear ye, repent you sinners. <laughs> Although I would pay to watch that. <laughs> but I tell you what, your community does need you to take a flyer. About five successful ways to win in life. And bring them to a seminar where we're going to have international life coach. Brad Power. 
<laughs> I love it. I tell you what, we need people like that who aren't scared to say, hey, you know what? You, life can get better. Life can get better. You know, the best compliment as a Christian is when people say, what's different about you? That's the best compliment ever that I've ever gotten. What's different about you? Tell you what, we need some... Anyway, that was my rant. <laughs> Back to the preaching. <laughs> let's be people of the Word, hey? Not people that just hear the Word on a Sunday. But let's, let's, be, let's be the, the, the arms and legs of Jesus out in our community. And let's be the catalyst for change in our community, yeah? Anyway, so Abram finds himself in this catalyst of change and, and uh, God reminding him of the past and saying, hey, the past is no longer a precursor of your future, uh, uh, but the past is actually going to set you up. The past is actually going to be the thing that sets you up. And so Abram is called a man of faith because he believed that right there. Because he believed God saying, hey, your past is, is no longer your future. I've got something great for you. Abram believed that word from God and God called him a man of faith. How easy is it then to be called a man of faith? How easy is it to be a woman of faith? All you have to do is get a word of God and believe it. Isn't that good news this morning? So I guess the question is, well, Pastor Tim, what's the word of God for my life? And that's a very big question. And in fact, I can't answer that for you. In fact, no, no one can. That's for you and God to work on is your personal calling. I think we have a corporate calling and that is to win people for Jesus and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah, right. All right, make disciples. That's our calling together. So if you're struggling this morning, what's my calling? Just do that one first. Then you'll find your calling, you know. Anyway, Pastor Tim, what, I want to find the will of God for my life. Go and be a good person. That's a good start. <laughs> you know, go and get someone saved. That's a good start, right? And so uh, the will of God for your life, you've got to find that out. But there are corporate promises. There are things that the Bible talks about that we can have faith for collectively together and individually. And so this morning, I want to go through a few of them. In fact, there's about 238 promises in the Bible. And so I want to go through them all this morning, if that's okay with you. And so... Um, Pastor Brad forgot to mention, we're starting a PM service tonight. And so, so I've got to go right through. So. <laughs> That's right. um, here we go. If you're taking notes or text yourself this, whatever. Second Peter 1 verse 4, it says this. And because of his glory and excellence, he, that being Jesus, has given us great and precious promises. And these are promises that enable you to share his divine nature to escape the world's corruption caused by uh, human uh, desires. What this scripture is saying here is that we have a promise for freedom, freedom from sin, freedom from anything that would keep us from God, freedom from anything that would cause us to do things that we don't want to do. Does that make sense? You have this promise. You have a promise of freedom in your Life. Uh, when my boy Malachi was two, we went uh, took him to the park because kids love parks, and and uh, so Kat and I were with some friends and took him uh, to, to the park. And uh, you know, being a parent of kids, uh, you have to keep looking at your kid every five seconds, you know, to make sure they haven't you know hurt themselves or burnt something down. And so you've got to keep looking back at them to make sure that everything's okay. And so we're at the park and we keep looking back at, at my boy Malachi, making sure he's all right and everything was good. And uh, this last time I looked at him, everything had seemed okay. 
Everything had seemed all right. There wasn't anything uh, suspicious about the situation at all. But the next moment that I had turned around, uh, the situation had changed. Um, see, the first time that I saw him, I remembered that he had clothes on. But the second time that I looked at him, he had no clothes on. He was full Monty. He'd freed Willie, if you know what I mean. He was naked in the park with all these other kids. So I'm like, hang on a minute. Dad has to come in here. So I ran over to him and said, Oi, mate, put your clothes on. And he said, but I don't want my clothes on. And I said, well, no one does, but you have to wear it anyway. So put your clothes back on. And then he said something that changed my thinking. He said, but Dad, I can't climb. I can't climb properly. So I took them off. <laughs> put your clothes back on. So he put his clothes back on. I walked away and I had this epiphany. I thought, what a smart boy. All the kids in the playground had the same problem, that their clothes restricted their climbing. But my boy (laughs) had a very innovative idea. He didn't want to live in a past of recurring deadliness anymore. (laughs) I thought it was quite smart of him. If I get these clothes off, I'm going to be able to climb properly. And so he did that. And I thought, what? I just had a thought. Man, how many times in my life have I been restricted because of things that are on my life or things that I've placed in my life? This morning, let me encourage you. You have a promise of freedom. You can unrestrict yourself from habits. You can unrestrict yourself from stress. You can unrestrict yourself from things of the past that might haunt you. Unclothe yourself this morning of those things. Keep your clothes on. <laughs> that would be an awkward morning in church, Pastor Brad, wouldn't it? Remember that morning where we all got naked? That was weird. <laughs> yes, it, yes, it was. Too far, okay. <laughs> uh, that would be a weird day in church. <laughs> People might come, though. <laughs> what a weird gentleman, check that out. Anyway. <laughs> you know, God's given you the promise of freedom this morning. Freedom to overcome sin. Freedom to overcome yourself with the way that maybe you think about yourself. Freedom to overcome words or, 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 or uh, things that other people might place upon you this morning. God's given you freedom for that. And you can take that word of God and take it and be a man of faith, a woman of faith, just simply because you believe that and walk in it. God's given you freedom this morning. Isn't that good news? You know, he's given us a promise of rest. Jesus said, come to me, all you, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, you know, and uh, take on my yoke because it's light. You know, sometimes in life, we just need a good rest, yeah? Sometimes you just need a good sleep. <laughs> Let me go one step further. Sometimes, you know, it's not always the devil that does things. Sometimes it's just the pressures and stresses that we place upon ourselves, and it causes our body to be tired and we just need a good sleep. <laughs> um, every year, uh, I take um, Kat uh, on a holiday. Um, it's an investment into my marriage. Uh, I just have this uh, idea um, that if, if we're to have a better society in this country, we actually need to build better marriages. Because um, uh, I think the reason 
in fact, it's statistically pr- uh, proven in studies. Uh, the reason that our kids have gone off the rails is because marriages have gone off the rails. And so actually the biggest ministry that I have is this relationship here. That's my number one. Uh, so every year what I do is I invest into my marriage because if I, if I want, my, want my kids to be good, then I need to be good with my wife. Yeah, amen? So go to the marriage course. Do it. Um, but every year I invest. So I take my wife somewhere where we haven't been before. And so I'm basically, I'm basically paying for new memories. And so it's memories that we have with each other that the kids aren't involved in. Because my children aren't in my marriage. They're, they're fruit of my marriage, right? But this is an important relationship. So every year I take Kat on a holiday and we go somewhere new and uh, make new memories. Anyway, last year... Uh, we weren't living here. So last year, I took it to Mountain Tambourine. We'd never been there before. And so, you know, I uh, booked this holiday to Mountain Tambourine and I hired this house on top of the biggest hill, Pastor Brad, overlooking the Gold Coast. It had a fire pit. It was like I had scored brandy points, if you know what I mean. And so I took it to Mountain Tambourine and the first night we get there, we drive in and, and plonk all of our stuff and we get all nice and pretty. And I take my girl out to dinner to this nice restaurant and we have this beautiful meal and then we have this nice dessert and then I said, right, babe, let's go for a walk. And so we walked around Mount Tambourine. And then I said, okay, tonight's going to get better tonight. Let's go home. And so we get home to this nice house and we walk in the door. And I said, so what do you want to do? And she said, well, what do you want to do? And I said, can we just sleep? <laughs> and she goes, oh, yes. <laughs> Who knows? Sometimes you just need a good sleep. Just need a good re- Anyone with kids here this morning? Right? <laughs> Just need a good sleep. Half the men here bowed are going, Tim, you're an idiot. <laughs> Things could have gotten better for you, but they did it. Uh, you know, sleep is a good thing. Rest is a good thing. Let me tell you this. Find yourself in moments in your day, 10 minutes, 5 minutes, 15, whatever it is, where you can just stop and just meditate. Where you can just stop and just find yourself in God's presence. Where you can just stop and rest. I read this book by a guy named Gregory Boyd. Write that author down if you want. Gregory Boyd. It's called Present Perfect. And um, it was a book about a study of these uh, uh, two uh, uh, 17th century monks. And they talked about meditation. And uh, one of them, uh, Brother Lawrence, his name is, uh, really impacted me. His whole uh, uh, methodology was that, you know, uh, wherever I walk... Every time I take a step, I'm going to think about God and the fact that um, he's supporting me. Every time he sat down, he talked about how he would just remind himself that he's sitting in the presence of God. Every time he lied down and went to bed, he would remind himself that, you know, uh, uh, that, that God is his rest. Because you know in the Bible where Paul says, pray without ceasing? Well, that's impossible, isn't it? You know? You wouldn't be very good in your job if you just kept praying. <laughs> you know, it's, it's impossible. I think what Paul was saying was this, be aware of God always. That's what he was saying, because prayer is simply awareness. Prayer is simply in connection with. And so, and so you know, um, you'll find good rest for yourself when you can find yourself in connection with God, when you can find yourself connected to his presence. I heard a story of a, uh, uh, um, in, in the Philippines, uh, this guy was driving his uh, truck to markets. And on the way to the markets, he'd seen this old man carrying a heavy load on his shoulder. And so the man pulled his truck over and got out and said, Sir, can I, can I please take you to markets? 
And the old man, he said, oh, thank you so much. And he helped the old man get up onto the back of the truck. And the guy got back in his truck and drove off to markets. And about, about three minutes down the road, he thought, I better just check that this old man is okay. And so he looks into the back of the truck and what he saw startled him. He saw this old man in the back of the truck still standing up with the heavy load on his shoulder. See, it had never come to the old man's thoughts to let the truck carry the heavy load. You know, so often I think in life, we come to places where we can encounter the presence of God, like church, and we can come in with these heavy loads of the past or heavy loads of the present. And it doesn't ever click in our brain to leave it here and walk out free and walk out rested. I'm here to tell you this morning, church, this is a good place to leave stuff. This is a good place to leave things that are uh, things of recurring deadliness. This is a good place to leave those things that you just can't uh, get rid of in your life. This is a good place to leave those stresses. This is a good place to leave those struggles. This is a good place to leave hopelessness and helplessness and to walk out hopeful and helpful. This is a good place to leave things this morning. I can tell you what, you want to be a free church. (laughs) Be free. Just give stuff to God, walk out free and then be free. And show other people how to do it. God's given you the promise of freedom this morning. Isn't that good news? You know, he's given us the promise of new strength. And Isaiah says, uh, you know, that that he gives power. Uh, uh, to the weak, you know, and uh, strength to the powerless. Even young people become weak, you know, uh, but God will give you unlimited strength. He'll give you strength. God's given you that promise. This morning, if you feel weak or feel tired, God's given you a promise of strength. You can take that and be called a man of faith. Uh, one afternoon, we took our kids. There's a place in Mackay uh, at the beach uh, uh, where it comes up and it turns into cliffs. It's called Lambert's Beach Lookout. And so you can drive up there and stand on these cliffs. And so one afternoon we went up there and took the kids up there and got out the car and just watched, watched the ocean crash into the cliffs and, 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 and all that kind of jazz. And, and we're sitting there and then I noticed something. In Mackay we have uh, sea eagles. Uh, sea eagles and they're a beautiful creature. And I noticed the sea eagle, as, as the wind would hit the cliff, there would be an updraft formed. And this eagle was just sitting in the updraft, just wings stretched right out, not flapping not using any strength. It was just in the breeze, just cruising. And I, was, I was just fascinated by it. Man, man, that's awesome, you know, not using any strength at all. It, it is, it is, it's unlimited energy this bird must have. You know, it's not using any strength. And, and I was just fascinated by it. But and then I noticed uh, something different. Um, there was this little bird that was in a tree and every few moments it would get out of the tree and try and fly through the updraft. And as it hit the updraft, you'd see it would get hit and then it would go harder. <laughs> trying to get through the updraft. <laughs> but it couldn't. The updraft would push it back up and it would get back into the tree. And you'd see it in the tree going, oh man, that was crazy. And then it would catch its breath and a few moments later it would get back up and try and get through the updraft. <laughs> try and push through this draft. <laughs> but it couldn't. It would go back into the tree. And I'm like, man, what a, that sucks for that bird. What a poor little bird. Can't get through the updraft. You know, he's trying his hardest and Then I had a thought. I thought, which one am I? Am I the eagle who can get caught up in the wind? Who can can just find a place and a position in life where I can 
just stretch my wings? Or am I like Flappy Bird? (laughs) Trying to push through all the time in my own strength. I don't know about you, but I find that when I do life in my own strength, I find myself in positions and situations that I don't necessarily want to be in. Because I'm doing things my own way. Yet when I find myself in the presence of God and allow His peace, allow His wisdom, allow His inspiration, I find that life is like the eagle where you can stretch out. You can see things better. You've got more energy. (laughs) You know, God has a promise of new strength over your life this morning. He has a promise of provision. Provision. He has a promise of eternal life this morning. In Romans 6.23, it says, For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life. This one's a really simple one. Uh, the wages of sin is, is death. Um, sin is anything that falls short of God's intended purpose. That's what sin is. Um, I don't know if you knew this, but sin is actually a sporting term. Did, did you know this? Sin. It's, it's actually a sporting term. It's to do with archery. And it was when the archer would shoot the arrow, and if the arrow didn't hit its target, the archer would say that the arrow sinned. Sinned. It, it, it missed the mark. So that's where we get the word sin from. And so sin is anything that doesn't just quite add up to the way that God had intended your life to be. That's what sin is. So the wages of sin is death. Uh, It's not talking about a physical death because I've certainly sinned a fair bit and I'm still alive. Um, But I think death is this. I think death is separation from loved ones. Um, I don't know about you, but I think in my life, death would be living a life of clinical depression. I would just find that deathly for me. Um, I would find death just constantly being anxious. I would just find that deathly to me. Just living a life where I'm constantly anxious. Um, I don't know about you, but death to me uh, uh, would be just, just constantly being negative. Just cynical, you know. And so the wages of not being where God wants us to be is living a life that is not a life. <laughs> it's a substandard life. I'm here to tell you this morning that through Jesus the forgiver of sin, the maker of righteousness, causes you and me to live a life that is up to his standards. Through Jesus this morning, you can live a life of hope. You can live a life of help. And you can be called a faith-filled person this morning. Today, if you're here, and for the first time, You've heard that there's a God that loves you. There's a God that wants the best for you. There's a God that has a fullness of life for you. If you're here this morning and for the first time you're hearing that Jesus wants something better, that he has better life for you. Let's just all close our eyes this morning. If that's you here today and for the first time, for the first time you've heard that God loves you, He's got new strength for you. He's got freedom for you. He's got provision for you. He's got fullness of life for you. If that's you here today, and you're saying, Pastor Tim, I think I want to say yes to that, Jesus. 
that's you here today, can you just give me a quick wave? 